The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. All right, this is the part where you start battle. Because yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll... You'll, you'll yeah, figure it out. Cause I, cause, yeah, because I mark it where basically I start the episode, like where I say, you know, this is Better Band Podcast, blah, 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 blah. And then I find out where yeah, you yeah, say yeah, hello, yeah. and I line those up, and then everything yeah. else is lined up pretty much is how I right. do it. What do you use for people that don't record their own tracks? I use Zencaster. You still use Zen? You still use Zencaster? Yeah. Oh my! <laughs> I, I just the one time that I used it, I was gonna fucking strangle the thing. I don't know what happened, but I it was just like glitchy throughout. It was mm-hmm. probably the worst. It, it was easily the worst episode that I'd ever done on Live on Four Legs, and that's no offense to the guests that I had on. <laughs> but it, it was uh, it was right when Matt was leaving the show, and I was in a pinch. Like we we did this thing where you know we we polled people. We're like, oh, what episode do you want? And we picked one randomly out of a hat, which happened to be the one I wanted to cover. It was St. Louis, uh, two thousand. And I really hope I'm not like offending the Jeff who who, who did the show because uh, he, he was put into a circumstance I know he wasn't very comfortable with, uh, but he did. He did himself a good job. But the episode itself and having to edit and go through that whole bullshit was just dreadful, awful. And like me sitting there and not having a host for that and and. It was it was not a good situation. <laughs> and then like two weeks later, Matt's off the show and I'm like, fuck, I don't have a podcast anymore. So <laughs> but things have have changed, obviously, and, uh, and things are are going pretty OK. Podcast wise, I would say. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm a I'm a masochist, but I don't know. It's it 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 does what it needs to do for free for me. So that's really all I care about the free part is important oh yeah. it's really it's really hard to find you know can't can't buy what i want because it's free like it's it's hard to find that i suppose welcome to season eight episode one of the better band podcast an all-encompassing trip through every song in the pearl jam catalog i am your host brandon paloma each episode, I go track by track with a guest through every album, soundtrack, single, and B-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon. Today, starting off Lost Dogs with who else but Randy Sobel. Hello, Randy. Now, there's a reason why we're starting off Law. And, and yes, uh, if, you're, if you've been a Better Band listener for the last, what is this, season eight? You're on season eight now? Yep. Season eight. I can't believe, wow. You, you, congratulations, by the way. That, that is something that should not go you know discredited there to see season eight that 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 is pretty important and you guys are you guys you <laughs> you are 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 putting in a i'll lot take of, the uh, royal we i think uh, oh. <laughs> well i i mean john's on half of your episodes too so I, I guess a little bit of credit goes to him uh but like that that is a a long stretch to to do this but um what i want to say is that if you looked on the episode before you played it or before you downloaded it and you're like, oh, first episode 
of Lost Dogs and you're seeing that it's sad, but you're like, oh, sad's not the first song. And Randy always does Break or Fall or Braid of J or Can't Keep. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I do. We're not doing all night. There's, there was no way that I was going to do that. And there's a reason for it. So you know the reason, right? There is. The, oh, there's yeah, a reason? I, I thought you knew the reason. I thought everybody knew the reason. Oh, I, I thought it was just because you didn't want to do it. And you were like, I'm going, to, I'm going to flex and say, Brandon, look, we know that I am the real reason people listen to your show. People come for me and me alone, and then maybe they'll stick around for the rest of the season. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this my way. We're going to do sad, and you're going to like it. That's so, how you see me, huh? <laughs> That's how you see all that, huh? I thought that this was a mutual friendship uh, thing, but no, this is apparently uh, the the superstar of Live on Four Legs demanding his his role. I didn't see that. I I didn't think that there was an issue with all this. Apparently, there's some deep seated uh, uh, hostility towards towards my appearances on Better Band. I, I did no, not. No, 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 no. Because I <laughs> if I would have said no, Randy, the first song is all night. You're gonna do it. Okay, that's that's the that's but you're very agreeable. That's, that's the that's the uh, that's that's the contractual obligation. You're very agreeable, and you make changes. No, it's like yeah, sad. It's like okay, you could do it this once, I guess. Well, but you have a reason. So what's the what's what's the reason then? Let's not let people uh, uh, stew or wait. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a lot to say on all night except for that it's been played twenty six times in total since two thousand eight. It debuted. And I've seen it five times. Wow. And that's that's a fourth of the shows that I've been to. So <laughs> it's one of those songs that, of course, they don't play it a lot, but a lot of people would hear it and be like, whoa, we're getting something. Wow, this is really rare for me. It's like, fuck, I'm getting something. This is going to be the rare one for the night. And I'm fucked because every other song is going to be with the collector in me. And I, I don't think this way as much anymore, but. With All Night, a song that I, I I really don't particularly care for. It's okay, and it has a it has a nice moment in there where it can can get good. But I I don't I don't love it at all. Mm -hmm. the, but the reason being is that I always say to myself, if All Night comes up in a set, I'm like, fuck, this should have been sad. They should, <laughs> if they're playing anything off Lost Dogs, they need to play sad because I have never heard sad live. And I would, uh, yeah, I, I, I would, I would burn something. I would, I would, uh, I would kill <laughs> something. I, um, I would love to hear sad there. There's all love. There's no hatred there. I would, I would absolutely, it's, it's probably number two on the songs that I must hear before this all goes away at some point. And, uh, you know, that that we're in Ohana right now and Ohana is actually going on while we're, we're recording this. And, you know, it's been, what, 20 to 21 song sets. You know, it's going to get a lot harder to hear these kind of songs. It's going to get a lot harder to to get a sad in the set list. So you really have to be the right place, right time. If I never get to see it live, I'd be really disappointed. And that's why we're talking about it on the Better Band podcast. So just 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 one last thing about all night before we we start in with with, with sad just because just okay. because this is the 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 first mm -hmm. episode of the season and we just yeah. kind of get it out of the way sort of the the overall lost dogs talk 
Do you think All Night was a good way to start off Lost Dogs? Even though it's a th- this the season is is going to be all over the place because it's a compilation album. It's it the there's not a a flow to it really yeah. at all. So stuff's just going to be released. You know, songs are going to go in whatever order I you know have them recorded in or whatever. So do you think All Night was a good way to start it off? Being a song that you know wasn't really out there at all or should they have opened it with something anything else the lost dog discs both of them are very strange because both are very different it's not like they they made two completely different albums out of these and you know they open up album two with fatal which would never even open a show as opposed to a song like a wash or hard to imagine which open shows uh, more frequently, you know, it, it, I I just I think there the track listing is as haphazard as it could be that it really didn't matter what opened the records. All Night is good for that and maybe the best option for that because they don't have, you know, most of the stuff that they write with the intention on it opening a record makes the record. Mm-hmm. So when you're thinking about, well, what song's going to open up? And, you know, sad is a really good number two. Sad is like, okay, we're, we're in it. And sad kind of like brings you to the next level. It's poppy. It's got a nice groove to it, but you need to get into the groove before you get into sad. You can't just kick off with it. And then like the other songs that are kind of like, you don't do it with education. You don't do it within the moonlight. You don't do it with alone. Down is, is very much like a number three. I think that's a perfect spot for it. There's not a lot of other options that you can say make sense. And if you want to say All Night is there because the record is, what, 16 songs long? So you're really, it feels like you are listening to it all night? (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't think that that's that bad of an idea it's 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 an it's got a good progression to it. It, it the song moves and and it's got some pieces to it it's got a good chorus so i yeah you know i don't think it's a bad choice i can't see there being another one that makes as much even as much or more sense can can at least on the first disc can you see that i don't think so because i think you do definitely want to open up with a song that nobody has ever heard before you don't want to put like you know uh, um you know down right, or it's supposed to be lost dogs yeah, yeah you know or you or you know wash even you know you don't want to to open up with something that people might have heard before you want to have something that's just going to completely blow people out of the water and catch them by surprise that you don't know it's like i don't know what this is and then you know you're following it up with sad and it's kind of like oh here's another one i don't know what's going on at all and and you, you do need that surprise to to pop out of of nowhere like a jack in the box to to get people to come in Sure. Yeah. And and whenever I've gotten all night in the set, I think it's perfect because the idea of it is like, hey, and usually Ed makes this dad joke like, hey, we're we're going to be here all night. So we're going to play a song called all night. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, OK, roll your eyes a little bit. But yeah, you get the joke. And, and yes, it makes sense. And, and yes, you do want them to play all night. So but like all night is never going to be played. 15th in a set Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't make any sense it's never going to be played in encore uh i mean i think i think i used to get into this argument with matt all the time about where why go should go in a set and he always got really mad 
whenever they opened with it because it's you're asking the question why go home and when you open with it you just got there so why are you asking that question uh-huh and I, I, it's 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 a silly little thing but i get what he's saying like i would never i would i, I don't care i would get why go as an opener and be happy with it but i i don't think that you could do the reverse for all night i don't think that you can play all night encore one and have it make sense it's like no we we've had all night like <laughs> this is kind of in past tense now when you when you have an hour left in the show well there's after the show yeah but i mean <laughs> we're, we're getting old we're getting old there's not a lot of after, okay, after okay. show anymore you got a point it's it, i always uh like thinking like right um as as the as the show started here at the uh, at the end of the year and stuff is like Oh man, like are are the people going to the shows gonna be ready? You know, we're out of we're out of touring shape of standing up for the whole show and it was hard and everything. It's <laughs> I was it, gonna say because you you were uh, you at Sea Here Now, right? So yeah, it was it was not easy, and um, I'm not a festival person as it is. I, I just don't just don't like that environment. Even though Sea Here Now was was if there was one that I would continue to go back to it's it would be that one but you're standing on on a beach you're on sand the whole entire time and that is taxing on your feet uh especially if you haven't stood for that long in uh the whole entire quarantine mm-hmm. time that 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 you've you know 18 months whatever it's been but you know I, I was thankfully I I felt pretty okay afterwards you know, we were supposed to go to the Stone Pony after we sold our tickets because we only had three. We needed four for everybody that was in our party. But uh, like, yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to. I just kind of wanted to. We went to a Wawa instead, which is its own story <laughs> in itself. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I, I think that after a long, long day in the sun, especially. Uh, yeah, you don't, you, you do get tired and, you know, now that, that I have a child and understand what, what being tired truly is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so public service announcement, if, uh, <laughs> if, if Pearl Jam is out in the world next year, make sure, make sure you're, you're getting your steps in your stand, you know, you're standing, sure you get back into touring shape. So we can, uh, so we can, uh, we can, we can be there and, uh, not throw our backs yep. out or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Well, I mean, at least, in, at least in an arena, you can always sit down for a second or lean on the seat yeah. in front of you. <laughs> so if you're not in GA, that is. Anyway, we're talking about sad, right? Yes, let's get on with the song. The reason why we're here, we have Sad, an outtake from Binaural, written by Ed, originally titled Letter to the Dead. Um, Ed has said that it's the other side of Jeff's song, Other Side, which is from Riot Act. Which is and weird. And this is, yes, I don't. I, How does that make sense? The only thing I can think is that he wanted, it's that song is called Other Side. And so he was like, oh, Other Side, Other Side. That song is kind of about death and this song is kind of about death. So hey, here's my dad joke. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll make a point when it's time to make a point about that. But I, I'm not, not crazy about that take. 
let's see the only other thing really you could say is played live for the first time october 1st 2004 vote for change show that yes you guys covered way way back in the early days reading pennsylvania long time ago yep and uh they, they also played it for the aol sessions in 2006 yeah there's some there's some really really kick-ass live versions of this song and i think it's an easy one to go back on but the reading festival one is just explosive it's really good and you know sometimes when you get a song that just revs up and it gets really fucking fast and you just the the pieces that you can really hear are you can hear ed Mm -hmm. and you can kind of hear the guitars with each other and you can kind of hear what matt's doing a little bit and really then the focal point of of all of that sound sound wise is what's coming out of mike's guitar in that version specifically if you go back to that you could hear boom's keys and they sound unreal Mm -hmm. it sounds incredible i don't know if i've heard another version where boom is so prominent on it it's really good i then obviously you're gonna drop a clip so now that i mentioned it you're gonna drop a clip (laughs) so you all know what i'm talking about now The song is very propulsive. Um, you got Ed's sort of signature staccato sort of parts in there at the the bridge, yeah. just the part where you know everybody you know stops and starts at the same. That's like the yeah, and you have the phenomenal pick scrape in there, which is always right. awesome when there's a, a real good pick scrape sound. Like in playing guitar and everything like that, it's real hard to get a real good pick scrape sound. That is just like yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it does have that sort of binaural feel, binaural era feel of Mike just kind of making some noises and kind of playing around in the background. Got a little the whale sound to it. With his, yeah, with delay before, you know, kicking in with the with the solo and stuff. What I wasn't able to figure out was, was this recorded with the binaural technique? Um, I don't know. There's, there's the Is demo, there's... which, of, of course, it being an internet demo and... It's, it's, you know, got yeah, it feels a raw. lower bit rate or whatever like that. So it's not going to sound, you know, it's a leak from somewhere. So it right. doesn't sound awesome, but it does it, to me, at least it sounds darker. And so like maybe that version, because that version is a little bit different. It sounds a little bit darker. The drums sound not as intense. 
they sound a little bit more kind of okay i'm just keeping the time here right. um it's tom it's tom heavy there's like a, a couple lines in the verse there's a couple uh, uh vocal lines where the lyrics are a little bit different yep. the bass is the bass doesn't sound as awesome <laughs> in it sounds more kind of like it's like okay i'm just playing the bass i don't really have the song you know i'm not in the groove of the song because yeah jeff jeff in the song is is a a real highlight yeah i think i think when you have the lost dogs version there i think the guitars reverberate so much more i think that there's some sort of i guess a heavier delay effect on it where you can Mm kind of hear and it's not even like what mike is doing um uh, technically, and what Mike is doing, like with a with a pedal, it's just kind of the way that it sort of uh, bounces off your ears. Yeah, yeah. It, it it there's like a different kind of like ringing to it. It's hard for me to explain because I don't I don't know uh, the specific techniques of recording and the sp- it's, uh, specific techniques of uh, of after effects of of audio recording. But like that, to me, the guitars sound. And it's not even a muffle. It's just like it's it, not even tinny or anything like that. But it's it's not as sharp. And I think that's what makes at least Ed Ed's guitar stand out because what Ed's guitar is doing is sharp. That mm-hmm. part is sharp, but the rest of it, kind of the riffy part, kind of sounds like it's it's mo- more of like a blare noise instead of just feeling what chords they are and what kind of riff is coming out. You kind of just hear just generic uh uh sound in the back yeah um if that makes sense no 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 yeah yeah, yeah. It, it yeah was t- I, I was trying to figure out how to explain that but uh yeah if, if, that's, you, if, if that's not the best way then. Yeah. if you listen to both versions you can you can tell it's kind of like, okay yeah there's a little bit of difference but then you know there's yeah. stuff that they have reproduced or maybe they just kind of right. have a different you know kept some of the same tracks and then just re-recorded the drums or you know, the bass and stuff like that. And just kind of like, okay, left everything else the same. The thing about this song. Now, I don't know if this is kind of where you were thinking, where you were going uh, just a second ago when you, when you were, uh, when you said you had some place to go with this or whatever like that. I have a lot of places uh, to go with this. So let's, we'll take it one step at a time. I don't know if this song is really about death, especially since, 
when we were talking about Breakerfall last time we talked. Yeah. And binaural is the era of the divorce. If this song is possibly about that, and perhaps it was left off of binaural because Ed didn't want it to be the divorce album. And so this song maybe was just a little too sad, a little too close to close to home. And maybe that's why it was left off, you know, not taking into account the fact that this song is super poppy and energetic and, you know, not at all really like the rest of their catalog. Not you know, at with, all. You know, some of, yeah, some of the other songs that Ed has also written, I think like kind of you and Leatherman, I think kind of follow the same sort of his, his, his pop. I actually, I actually see this. Yeah. I actually see this kind of in a weird way, the same category as like an MFC mm -hmm. or an immortality where it has that sort of riff to riff to pick, uh, picked a uh, uh, section in there mm -hmm. where it kind of just goes back and forth where you have a little bit of that, like and and you have like those hammer ons and, and, and all that thing that he's doing. It's like this middle Eastern sound too, which is a lot different. And maybe you can equate that to what they were fucking around with on hummus. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, it, it's a different, it's a different style. It's a different sound. Ed, loves to do that though that is very typical of him to utilize like a very hard nondescript riff and kind of add a little uh extra flair afterwards and then go back to the ring and keep doing that like that and make that a constant of the song yeah especially that, that little triplet like uh strum that he likes to put into yep. things all over the place right going back to the divorce thing um yeah, that, that was a that was a big talking point when when we got into Breaker Fall and, and I, I totally bought into that. I, I and I should have thought ahead of time saying like, OK, maybe this had a little bit of that. And, and of course, I do the dumb thing and I go <laughs> and I look at what the idiots have to say about it. And, you know, the, when you look up, what does this Pearl Jam song mean? And from 2005 it, and I saw people comparing it with other side and saying, oh, these two were written in tandem. I'm like, bullshit. They're on different albums. They were four different albums. Uh, so I didn't really believe that. Well, maybe it helped, you know, maybe other side held on for the year or two. Maybe it could have possibly been written, but they just didn't put it out until the right act B side or whatever. Anyway. However, this is, this is the funny thing. You find the absolute most like disinformation of disinformation on these things. So somebody literally said, and I wish I had it. Uh, oh, you know what? I do have it. I have it here. I'm going to look for the exact quote. Uh, and it's about Jeff. Oh, actually, this there is a quote that says this was written around the time that Ed divorced the woman he'd been married to, uh, dated since the mid 80s. So it could be about that. But the idea that it could be about Jeff's mom could be true. I don't know if Jeff's parents are alive. And I know that. It's been said about other side and, and I, I don't buy into any of this Jeff shit that people are writing on this. It doesn't make any sense because the one quote and I'm trying to find the actual quote from this says that this is about Jeff's wife who died from cancer. <laughs> <laughs> what wife that died from cancer? <gasps> he wasn't married in the two thousand. He wasn't married in 2000. I, I think he's he's married now. Yes. OK. <laughs> 
And this has negative one next to it. Should I say negative 100? It's a song for Jeff's Amen, Jeff Amen's wife who died of cancer. Very sad. <laughs> what? Wait, where, where, where are you getting this information from? <laughs> you know, this is this is what happens with shit sometimes. I'm glad that people are a little bit more adept to like learning how to Google and learning how to figure out shit now. And and if, if you don't, then that that it's it becomes one of these things where it's it's on you mm-hmm. to figure out this information because it's it's out in the world. But f- come on, man, really? You you think that we uh, we as a fan base? Wouldn't have known that in the mid 2000s, early 2000s, that Jeff had a wife that died from cancer. Mm -hmm. Do you think that like, is that a major Pearl Jam secret or something right there? Yeah, I don't. I (laughs) you first said it and it's kind of like, what? Like sort of sort of like a how right did I not know that? Wait, how would anybody not know that? How would that (laughs) not have been? all over the place you know gossip aside yeah i mean like around the time that ross killed happened you know not like spreading rumors or anything like that i mean that would be something that would impact them and they would make a statement and they would say something and i mean even before uh uh, social media and stuff like that i mean it's just kind of you know, and he would be asked about it possibly in interviews and stuff like that, even since past it and everything, yeah. you know, I mean, I, look, I, I get that Jeff, I get that Jeff is kind of reclusive and he's out in Montana and he kind of keeps himself and, and we don't really out of all the guys, I, I feel like Jeff is probably the one about his personal life. We know a little bit the, like we, we know he doesn't have kids. He is married. I think his wife's name is Pandora. And I, I don't think they've been married for much longer than a decade. I don't think. Don't quote me on that, because I, I don't act like I'm a, a Pearl Jam relationship, uh, Pearl Jam member re- relationship expert here. I, I'm not. I know that they're all married. and I know that most of them have kids. I, I, I am pretty sure that Jeff and I, I, again, I think his wife, his name is Pandora, because I kind of remember that because I'm like, oh, that's weird. It's <laughs> like, like just a weird guy. What if, he, if he was married to somebody, right. they probably would have that name. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> what if he's listening to Pearl Jam on Pandora? Well, <laughs> you know, we, nobody listens to Pandora anymore. But you know, still, kind of, you don't forget that name because of that service. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it, it just just as a as a cap to all that. The sad is not about Jeff Amen's wife who died of cancer. <laughs> I can one hundred percent with all accuracy with all confidence say that that is false <laughs> very false however uh-huh. i can't say that it's necessarily false that it's not about a death per se mm-hmm. and i kind of th- th- what i was trying to get at before the way that i wanted to equate and i can't remember what song that you were tr- uh, other side you wanted to equate it to other side the song that i've always equated this to and i think and and i I, you know when this was supposed to be on the record i don't think that it was supposed to be in uh in sequential order near this but i always think i always go back to light years Mm -hmm. and i always go back to what the situation that happened in light years and what it's about and like you know fondly living the memories of somebody's life and like thinking that 
you know, their life has had such a big impact on you that, you know, you're just you are are there now to celebrate what they have done for you and take what you've learned from them and and move on to the next. And, and you know, light years, I was trying to think about it. There's a show where where Ed in in 2000, where Ed specifically says uh, we wrote this one for a woman. And, and I, I think that she was somebody that helped in um, uh, like in the uh, the record, uh, the record company in Epic or something like that. I, I, I but again, please do not quote me on that because I don't I couldn't find what show it is and I couldn't find what version it was. But I, it had something to do with somebody that they had like a working that turned into personal relationship about. And look, I, I've heard I remember one guy coming up to me and being like, oh, that's about Joey Ramone. Mm-hmm. Oh, Really now, because Light Years (laughs) came out in 2000 and Joey Ramone died in 2001. So Mm -hmm. please explain how Joey Ramone's light made them stars when he was still living. And and I and look, I'm sure Ed had a good relationship with Joey, but the one that he had the relationship with was Johnny. So none of that would would make any sense. Uh, but this is not I think you, you did light years a long time ago. And, and um, but I, I see that sad is sort of the while light years is kind of the obituary sad is what is actually taking place in the aftermath of what happened and how somebody deals with loss and how somebody grieves especially from a law, a loved one, a a spouse um, that, you know, when when you're in a marriage or in a relationship, it's very you become dependent on somebody and it's dependent on uh, needing them for uh, uh, emotional sake and needing them for, uh, you know, uh, financial stake, whatever it is. Uh, of, Of course, most of it ends up being emotional, but. I think what ends up happening to a lot of people that lose their loved ones at a very young age is that they don't know how to come to terms with where the next phase of their life is going to go. So, you know, you kind of think in what the lyrics are here, an undertow of futures laid to waste, embraced by the loss of one he could not replace. Like, that's saying that essentially, the person in question that is grieving has no idea what who the fuck they are moving forward. They have no idea what their future is. They have no idea. Uh, and, and nor do they seem to make an attempt to be a part of it. And, and, and from the perspective of where Ed is singing the song, he's just saying it's sad that somebody has to go through this. And really it's kind of, it's almost an admission of defeat because when you're saying like, it's kind of when you're talking to somebody and they're telling you there's this, their story and you feel helpless. Like you can't, you personally can't really do anything for them. You're just like, I'm, I'm sorry, man, that, that, that's really sad. I'm, I'm really, I'm really sad to hear that. I, I think that's kind of what this is. Yeah. Um, by, by the way, it was the, uh, the pink pop 97 performance of, uh, light years. Pink pop 2000. 2000. Oh, damn it. That's right. Okay. You have not, you have not been good on 1997 <laughs> stuff, sir. You need to, no, you okay. need to get 1997. Okay, okay, okay. I, I'm head. looking at my notes here 
And it's okay, you're right. Pink Pop <laughs> 2000, Diane, Diane Muss, who died in 97. That makes a lot of sense. Ah, okay. So now, that's how the 97. Did they, did they say, d- does your note say who, she, like what she did? Was she? She was an executive at Sony. I, oh, man, I, I am proud of my memory. <laughs> I'm proud of my memory. I know I said, I know I said a record company and, and I know I said somebody with Epic, but Sony, the same shit. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Um, it's all, yeah, okay, 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 yeah. It's not about Joey Ramone. That's all, that's all that matters. Yeah. I think we all do that. It's also not about Jeff's wife. <laughs> who died of cancer. Yeah, it, it's kind of, I don't know, like the, the subject of the song, I don't know, is, is the person who has passed, the person who's gone, because like he could only love you. So he's singing to the person that's no longer there. And I don't know if it's sort of like a, I don't know, telling if, if, if he's saying, you know, you, this is who he has to be addressing in the song. And so I don't know if it's like a sort of. Do you think that they have to be a living entity? Is that what you're trying to say? No, 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 not necessarily. Because I mean, it could be like, you know, a eulogy or something like that, where but it's just, it's just kind of weird how, you know, just talking about somebody else and this is how they feel about you. You know, this stuff is happening to him, and, uh, you know, because you aren't here anymore. And these are his trials and tribulations and sp- speaking to this person who isn't here anymore. Yeah, that 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 I mean, it, it's kind of like it, 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 it. But the whole song and the way that. Again, going back to the kind of how, especially at the end of the song where Mike's guitar kind of like seeps in there and, and when you get it live and that solo comes in live and Mike's like extra part in the last chorus mm-hmm. live. I think that's my favorite part of that, that song where he just holds out that note. And you're like, oh, that sounds so good. Like that kind of has like sort of a ghostly vibe to it. It's kind of it's kind of it's kind of creepy in a way. It kind of creeps in, and especially on the record, it kind of just like fades and seeps into into your ear. And I, I've always kind of felt like, in I guess, uh, what what, are the, what do you call it? What's the like the common uh, the the actual legit word for a ghost? Specter. Um... Pol- poltergeist. No, I keep them like extraterrestrial. <laughs> no, no, no. Ephemeral. No, Paranormal. Hold on, going to thesaurus. Slimer, onion heads, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. And none of these really do this. Ah, damn it! You want to say spirit? It's kind of spirity, but. Let me see what I get when I search for spirit. 
Are you talking about like the tone of the guitar or like what do you No, I'm saying like super like what what a ghost is Phantasm. Yeah, fa- yeah, I guess it's a phantasm. But I didn't I, I was trying to think of something. I I guess I was trying to make up a word that I thought was a ghost. Anyway, um like that that the way that guitar sounds kind of sounds it almost sounds like a ghost. It almost sounds like it could be something like, uh, you know, paranormal uh, seeping in. And, I, you know, I, it just it has the vibe of, you know, somebody that's passed. And I, I, I can't fully come to grips with why. And, may, may, you know, maybe it's just the way that Mike's guitar tone is in this that that it it, it brings that out but it just you know it, it feels like you're singing to a ghost and it feels like you're addressing you know the song is called letter to the dead originally mm-hmm. so it's not like letter to the divorcee you know just throwing that out there so i think i think that that's where they were trying to go with this He's haunted. Like, think of the words. She's not forgotten. He's haunted. Like, when you hear the word he's haunted mm-hmm. and, and you hear that guitar kind of come in right afterwards, you're like, okay, yeah, that is pretty haunting. It is mm-hmm. kind of, you know, ghoulish, ghastly, I suppose. <laughs> I, I think, like, one of the, the, the thing I was trying to say, like, um, about the you is that, like, in the pre chorus, is like, you know, there's no reason that she passed, you know, and then it turns into he could only love you if just one wish could bring her back. He will always love you. It's it's like a weird. Uh, so do you think like he's it could be directed towards both parties? Do you think that that and and I know that's a weird thing, because when you think of songs, you kind of see them as sort of a one dimensional like, OK, it's going in one direction and it's it's to exactly one either a group, either every it's about everybody or it is specifically focusing on one person. But this feels now that you say it, it feels like it is addressing two different parties here. Mm-hmm. So I like he could only love you. It's sad. Just one wish could bring her back. I, I honestly I don't think that from Eddie's perspective, I don't think he's necessarily singing to anybody. I think he's just I think I think it's just like a general perspective there of just like this is the situation that that is happening. And I think that because they've addressed who she is, it's implied that it's her. He could only love you. Yeah. Who who they address that she's haunt, you know, that whole thing. If one wish could bring her back, he could only love you. You know, it's a play. It's it's I don't I don't think they're trying. He's trying to make it a word game at all. I think that it's um, it's it's been established who the subject matter is is based off of. Yeah. Plus, I mean, if if we were to talk about like wordplay, I mean, the the sort of uh, rhyme scheme in the first verse is brilliant. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's this my favorite thing. Well, I texted you beforehand because I really wanted to figure this out. Mm -hmm. I know he he's done this in other songs before, and it's not just the rhyme scheme. Mm-hmm. It's the way that it's enunciated and the way that it's sort of like there's no dead space in between the lyrics, because when you think about it, think say this as a normal sentence. All the photographs are peeling and the colors turn to gray. He's staying in his room with memories for days. He faced an undertow of futures laid to waste. Now, let's say that all in how Ed sings it. All the photographs are peeling and the colors turn to gray. He's staying 
In his room with memories for days, he faced an undertow of futures laid to waste, embraced by the loss of one he could not replace. That's all starting the sentence in the prior line. Mm -hmm. And that is a mind fuck because like it's such a unique way of writing songs. And I from thinking about it a little bit and thinking about the way he's doing it, I'm I'm like, Ed has written songs like this before. And there are other examples of this. I, I don't think they're as like clear cut what he's doing in this. Like yeah. I think that the other ones that I, that, you know, with bouncing ideas back off off with you, uh, you had mentioned MFC. Yeah, it's kind of uh, close. You know, slide in, in a reverse, and not drive in. Like, that kind of has the same thing where he's starting a sentence right. He's starting a sentence backwards almost. Why Go has a little bit of that. Like, yeah. uh, won't feel as alone as she does. It's been two years. And he kind of starts the sentence a little bit later in that. The best example, I think, is Lightning Bolt. Because the way she comes off like a storm, but she don't know where from she was born like that. It's all in one kind of cohesive little piece there. But he's speaking the way he's speaking is not how you would enunciate a regular sentence. Yeah, I think that's the same kind of play on words that that he's done for sad. I, I, I honestly, without mincing words, I think it's a genius way of writing a song. And I don't know exactly where he got that from i don't know and you can ask him and he'd probably be like oh that's a you know that's something that neil does or that's something that that pete has that's a way that pete townsend written wrote songs and then you can listen to those and be like oh shit yeah of course no kidding but because we're so kind of ingrained with what this style of and what Pearl Jam has done um, you, that that's sort of where your head is at here. So like, I'm just going to say that it's one of the little things that he's uh, he's figured out how to do. And it, sound, it, it, it has, it brings to the catchiness. And like you said, with the rhyming scheme, it brings an extra added element to it because it's, it's like you're rhyming extra, especially he's, he faced under to undertow of futures laid to waste embraced you're you're rhyming three things in one section there and that's that's like you know it, it's easy to sing it's uh there's no tongue twister there like it's very it's it, it's appeasing to the ear as well like it, it's very very good very well written yeah so like a uh i mean ee e. cummings-esque sort of uh weird structure to it like in my brain i could see it sort of like mapped out where you have the beginning then you have the middle and then you have the end but then the end is repeated on the next line and then you have the middle and you have the end and that end is repeated but you kind of just don't read the beginning and the end because it's supposed to blur together and kind of let you know visual. I don't know. It's a weird ass thing. It's, it's, <laughs> I just think it, of things it's weird. Really, it's really tough sometimes. to explain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really tough to explain, but it's so catchy. And it really it makes this song one of their most catchiest songs. Uh, and it's it's an absolute travesty that we're not talking that we haven't talked about this, uh, you know, what, f four months ago when we did binaural, because it absolutely should have been on the record. I mean, there, there's so many that you could say about binaural. And we've we've done that with with our stuff before. We've said, oh, how can we retract binaural to make it sound better and to make it more appeasing to uh, to the live audience and things? Because I think that kind of 
the idea of when they played it in Toronto uh, as a full album and there were some pieces in there that you're like, okay, that doesn't really flow that well together live like Thin Air and and Of The Girl really don't mesh as well together. Uh, And and that's one of the things I I never remember what that album uh, track listing is. Mm -hmm. It's one of those like I remember the first couple and then somewhere in between. I'm just like, okay, Insignificance is somewhere. Grievance is somewhere. Rivals closer to the end. Sleight of Hands closer to the end. But it just gets kind of kind of muffled and and you lose sight of where the track listing goes. But something like sad to have it in uh, the middle there, I think, breaks up some of the and, and when you think of what the album, how the album starts going from Breaker Fall into God's Dice into Evacuation, you can easily see those three being played back to back to back live and to break up that sort of like very fast paced, uh, you know, ener- energetic sort of riffy uh, op- opening onset section there. Sad would break that up and k- kind of keep your momentum, but sh- just slightly shift it in a different direction where you get a little bit of a different vibe. You get a little bit of a different sound. So like, I think that that would be where or around where I might throw that on by nine. I know I've probably said different before. I know I probably <laughs> said go break or fall right in the set. I know that, but, but I'm thinking more of like a live aspect and how you make a set list created based off of where those songs are and just the natural progression and and maybe not with the set list that we've heard recently because the set list we've heard recently have been completely different the the way that they've kind of treated the gigaton songs you know we're not starting off shows with your hell hell into go into corduroy kind of kind of spiel here it's it's a different mentality so there there is no like buffer song to get to your elderly woman in the middle of the set to get before even flow there. I don't know where I'm really going with that, but <laughs> it, it, it makes sort of sense. Sad is the perfect one that continues momentum, brings a different sound, a different vibe. Catchy is all fuck uh, and a complete disappointment that it got thrown on a B-side record because it should have in all reality been a number one hit on on Martin Rock Radio. And you can say that about so many Pearl Jam songs that if they decided to promote this in a different way, and, and there might be a couple on binaural you could say that about. Uh, they, I, I think they've said Thin Air should have been a top 40 hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, In any situation, any other band puts that out, they're trying yeah. to sell the record with that song. Because that was on the, uh, that was on the sticker. That was on the, uh, the whatchamacallit. Oh, was that... When when they promote like oh uh, uh, feature featuring such tracks yeah includes as, the hits blah 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 and that yeah, wasn't even a single because thin air is on there that wasn't even a single no it was just light years and nothing as it seems those those were the ones so yeah but but I think thin air is a good one because it has I, I think that it brings in both what the male and the female uh, genres kind of are together that are looking for songs like that. And I think that that's, I don't want to say it's more of a, I don't like saying like more of a masculine kind of feminine song, but I think those are the kind of songs that when you look at the other, like, you know, my wife probably doesn't like God's dice because it's, it's way too noisy. Uh, <laughs> but thin air is more palatable in a lot of situations. And that can make top 40 radio and that can make mm-hmm. it sound good. 
See, but at this point in their career, they're kind of, I think, done with that. At that, at that point, I think that you yeah, know, with for all sure. the, with all with all the hard work they put into no code of trying to separate themselves from deprogram, yeah, that uh, that outcome, that trajectory they're on, you know, then to then to put sad out and have that sort of be like okay guys let's go come on come back into the pool come on whereas you know kind of last kiss was an accident and you know not not really i don't think i I think having last kiss and then sad come out too i think those like having those too close to each other would have kind of undone all the work they would have done and then maybe if they still put out riot act as it was maybe yeah. bush leaguer then is even more of an upsetting sort of oh it's uh, way more polarizing yeah yeah because then now they're kind of respected again and they're important again like that's uh, you know i i think the 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 parallel line to kind of cross with them is the red hot chili peppers thinking about you know, their their rise to stardom happened at the same exact time. However, they were never really thrown in Pearl Jam's category because they weren't grunge. They were, you know, funk rock uh, mm-hmm. or whatever, or beep bop boot bop California, uh, whatever <laughs> shit. Um, maybe maybe not maybe not on Blood Sugar Sex Magic, but California Cage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, after that after shit was yeah, there. Yeah. But but and and maybe it's one of those things where because they had sort of split. You know, Dave Navarro joined the band, John Frashani left. And when Californication came out, like, think about where those two bands were at the time in 1999. Pearl Jam was, uh, you know, while Yield was pretty successful, but not as successful as it could have been if they never went off off the grid with no code. I think it would have had way more success if, if that was the case. Um, but like Californication was so massively wide, had widespread popularity and it just turned kind of like where these two bands were was that, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers was, were, while they weren't really doing anything different, they were still seen as like, this is in and this sound and this style is in Mm -hmm. while Pearl Jam was out they were this was like this we were listening to a decade ago but yet we're still here still listening to the red hot chili and maybe some of it has to do with the way that uh, if you watch the woodstock uh, 1999 documentary you'll you'll kind of get the sense of a lot of this but the the uh the white male privilege music at the time the uh you know the misogynistic kind of new metal bands that, that were out there like chili peppers I don't want to like they, they're not new metal by any stretch of the imagination, but they still have that mentality of like, oh, fuck, fuck everybody. We're going to go out there with tube socks on and we're going to do do shit that still is, you know, hair raising and kind of like, you know, makes your parents not want. Right. And makes your parents not want to listen. And Pearl Jam is just like, no, we're, we're going to make music. And maybe your parents would be saying at the time, like, oh, well, that's rock and roll. I don't want you listening to that. But then they go listen to it. They're like, oh, you know what? This 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 really is completely inoffensive. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe we while we don't like Red Hot Chili Peppers for coming out with with their schlong hanging out. We don't like Pearl Jam because they're anti-government. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between the two. There's one that's taking uh, the path of, of maturity and then there's one that's taking the path of immaturity. So immaturity at the time was way more profitable 
than what Pearl Jam was trying to do, writing songs like Grievance, Ins- Insignificance, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Sad's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if Sad was on Binaural, do you think it would have taken the place of either Grievance or Insignificance being the no. other sort of Ed? Uh, well, what do you mean play? Like, do you think, are you trying to say that, do you think one of those songs would not be on the record? Yeah, that's well, is that what you're trying? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Like, do you think that that's that's the way they would have done it to to kind of um, keep the the no. parody in there? No. They would have they would have taken out something else that. Uh... Well, I here there's a difference between what they would have done and what I would have done. I would have absolutely kept kept all three of those songs. I would have probably looked at something like Evacuation and said, mm-hmm. "All right, that you know that doesn't have as much of a, of a of a place," or maybe even something like sleight of hand or rival maybe that those don't have as much of a place but what you just said all three of those songs are all eddie vetter songs the other two songs that are probably the more uh you know uh the ones that pop on that record that are a little bit less you know the the ones that you you don't have to think about them more where you can play it on public radio uh light years and breakerfall both Eddie Vedder songs, the ones that I mentioned to get rid of, Evacuation, Matt Cameron song. Uh, Slight of Hand is Jeff Immense song. Rival is a Stone Gossard song. Mm-hmm. That would be getting rid of their contribution. So in their eyes, I bet, and maybe this was, I've always kind of had this feeling, and maybe they said, we have two songs that are dealing with the subject matter of death. Let's find one to keep. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if there was a point. And, and, and if you read the PJ 20 book, Jeff will actually say we, we love the song. And it was one of those pop songs that we couldn't keep on the record because we don't make pop records. Mm-hmm. So it could have been as simple as that. But I'm wondering if because the way that they had originally done light years as puzzles and games. Yeah, that is a that, more poppy sort of sound. The right. Way it originally was. Right. And they kind of tinkered with that a little bit to have more of a build to it, to have kind of more of uh, a a standard rock undertone to it instead of uh, kind of a more etherical, like atmospheric kind of. I kind of I kind of see it. And a lot of people have have always mentioned that it was sort of their follow up to given a fly the way Mm -hmm. that puzzles and games at least was put together. Uh, It's given a fly, but it's also it's like almost thumbing my way before thumbing my way in a way Mm -hmm. speed thumbing my way up a little bit and you get puzzles and games. Think about it that way. I think that once that they reworked that and saw what they had with that and how much different that was, at least out of the Eddie songs, I thought. Again, this is coming from me, who has no input, especially in 2000 when I was 14 years old. <laughs> I put put putting myself in those shoes and putting myself in the scenarios around that situation. I would probably say, gun to my head, I would probably say, you're right. Light Years is the one that we have to put on the record because it is so different than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. But it accomplishes the same goal. Yeah. But they're both fucking great and they both deserve to be there. Damn it. <laughs> That's, you know, that's an interesting thing. Late Years is probably my favorite song off of Binaural. Mm-hmm. However, if Sad was on that record, I, 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 I think I would, I would, I would put, I would say that Sad is my favorite song off the record. Do you think that would change a lot of people's, um, um, 
opinion about binaural. Yeah, I think it could. Yeah, I, th- I think it absolutely could. Because it's it just again, it, it, like the way that, you know, the way that momentum ha- uh, proceeded in that album and it, it, it would have gone in the same place that Light Years went, because I think they opened the album the same way. Uh, although I, I'm not sure that I feel like God's Dice wasn't on the original track listing. I can't I can't, can't no, quite no. remember. Oh, you know what? It was Insignificance. That was number two. So you went binaural, uh, binaural, breaker fall, insignificance, evacuation, sad or letter of the de- letter of the dead. And then on the on the record, what they ended up doing was light years in the same spot that sad is in. And then I think that on the original track listing, the next one would have been Rival, which is interesting that they wanted to put Rival in more of a bigger spotlight. But, mm-hmm. you know, it has it can it can do the same sort of thing that nothing as it seems does, but kind of putting nothing as it seems in a spotlight. Maybe they're thinking there we have more with that live and we want to put a song like that higher on the record because we know that and they made the single uh, that we know that Mike especially is going to make that uh, a massive live moment. Whether that answers any question that you had about sad again, I I don't know. Um, that's really tough. And it's really tough for me to figure out where everything would work. I've tried a lot of times. I've come up with something that has been a temporary solution of what binaural could have been. And then I've come up with something that has been just get all of the best content onto the record that humanly possible, which means soon forget would be something that has to go Mm -hmm. in my eyes. However, you keep that on the record because you don't have another ukulele song on the record. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like those are things that they're thinking about, but we're not thinking about. We don't want a ukulele song as much as <laughs> as they might, because they're thinking to them, you know, hey, we haven't done ukulele before. And, you know, fans fans might be kind of like, what the fuck with this? But we want them to we want them to think that they're just they're fucking they're fucking 500 steps ahead of everybody else. They're 500 steps ahead of everybody else. Like we we did these predictions for the website. Uh, you know, what, what's going to happen, Ohana, what's going to happen, see here now. And we had these things in mind. And after see here now, they opened the show with dance, the clairvoyance, and they went dance into quick escape into seven o'clock. And immediately in my mind, I said every single night of the tour, what, you know, what they would have done on the gigaton tour or what they were going to do in those four shows Dance of Clairvoyance is the automatic opener. I said that like after hearing it for the first time, I'm like I knew exactly what they wanted to do with it. And it had that feel of this is how they're going to introduce Pearl Jam in 2021 or 2020 at the time. But then they come out the next show and they're like, fuck it, we're, we're opening with retrograde. You're like, where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> what are we doing? But you see from their head, from their minds, why they probably opened up with retrograde is that retrograde was on the set list the prior at, at see here now. So in their heads, they're thinking, well, we don't want to get into, we want to play retrograde. We don't want to get into the situation where we might have to cut it again. So fuck it open with it. And we won't have to deal with that situation. 
Yeah. And that's why there are 500 steps ahead of everybody else. <laughs> I, and I uh, obviously applaud the hell out of them for it. And uh, it's why it's so much fun to do these deep dives and think about these things, because it's just, uh, you know, it, it's solving an ultimate Rubik's Cube that you can never fully like you think you have one side and you're like, oh, all the whites, all the white pieces are there. But we have this blue that's sort of on the green side. Uh, but if we turn it, then like the white side, the white side's OK for now. We like that the white side is good. And we don't want to potentially fuck up the white side in order to get the green side right. You know what I mean? Yep, because you have to know. But, <laughs> so it's just, but you got to know the algorithm and know that it's like, okay, I have to mess right. it up temporarily because to get that one piece from over on this side out of the day or... And so it'll be messed up for like five turns, but on the sixth turn, it'll be fixed mm -hmm. and I'll get the other one exactly where I need it. Uh, you you would you'd think that would be the case but i i have never <laughs> well, that's how Rubik's Cubes works <laughs> I, I understand that i understand that and i've seen i've seen the people that can go here it is and like i don't think that's fair because i, I think that they, like they figured out what that algorithm is when they can do it 13 seconds i i'm impressed by the the idiot that has to be in a room all day with a Rubik's cube and can figure it out after 24 hours. Like that's pretty impressive. But somebody that's just like, oh yeah, I know this and can do it. Like that doesn't impress me. You, you've already figured it out. Like, oh, great. That doesn't impress you like somebody who knows how to juggle or um, can do any other sort of weird uh, tricks, I mean, some yo-yo tricks impressive. or something. Yeah, it's impressive that they've they've mastered that art. I think it's a little bit different with juggling and yo-yo because th there's no absolute with those. Like, you yeah, can, yeah, you get a point. Right, you can juggle and like a ball can can you know roll roll away or like kind of uh, get off track a little bit, and you might have to switch up your hands. Like with a Rubik's cube, it is something you need like muscle memory and kind of physical, right? With the Ru kind of everything is absolute with a Rubik's cube. Like there's no yeah. there's no margin. I mean, there's margin of error, but maybe I'm thinking of like a card trick more. Maybe uh, the card yeah. trick is all kind of like math and stuff. Yeah. I think maybe. Yeah, I, I suppose. I suppose or a puzzle like a like a jigsaw puzzle mm -hmm. because you can't you can't put two pieces pieces that don't match together and say hey i solved it because no you didn't solve it like <laughs> but you can throw uh you can you can juggle uh three balls in the air and one can land you know one can kind of uh land the wrong way and you can sort of add something to it or, or whatever and, and figure out a different method of doing it. And yes, you can still get that same same result that you would get from finishing a Rubik's Cube or Jigsaw Puzzle. That's and but sad's a great song. It's just a long way of saying that don't impress you much. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> did you bring up the Shania Twain reference the other yes, day? Yes, I did. You did. I don't remember what the fuck it was for. Like, it's because you because you played um, um oh, oh, kids it was a band from a yes you played kids in yeah. the hall for a Canadian show yeah and then I was like oh you're gonna do Shania Twain for the next Canada show you do you just go <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, I don't 
don't know. Let's if go, he boys. That's just you got you can't you you gotta say that's a great oh, that's that's a that's an iconic opening sort of couple seconds of a song. <laughs> and if you do it with a Canada yeah, show, enjoy, she's Canadian. Yeah, if, you, and, if you enjoy, it that would make music, me laugh. But that's all. <laughs> if that's I, what you're going I, um, for in your podcast. Making well, me laugh. No, what, what I'm usually I'm going for shit that's way, 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 way more subtle. Um, and and I didn't edit that episode with Kids in the Hall. That was that was John's doing. Uh -huh. But when I did a Canadian show in the past, I used a tra tragically hip song, which not a lot of Americans that listen to, to tragically hip would pick up on. They wouldn't pick up on something like that. I uh, and I love trying to figure out what to use for these intros because it's it's a lot of it is what's in my head at the moment and a lot of it is like hey let's use a song that that has a good 30 second intro mm -hmm. with no with no vocals to it the last one that i did was the song precious by the pretenders because mm -hmm. ed had covered it with the earthlings at at ohana so I thought that that would be a nice little tie-in. And I'll, I'll, again, I don't know if people caught it. I think you're maybe like, no, a couple of people have mentioned something. If they've really liked a song and, and liked the band that, that I've played, they've been like, oh, you, you did a you did a such and such song. And I'm like, yep, yeah, yeah, sure did. Yeah. And it, it makes people feel good that like, OK, you know, I, I think when I did um, Debaser by the, the Pixies, I think uh, a lot of people reached out. They're like, yes, you did. Oh, you did the Pixies. That's awesome. I don't like, yeah, if there's anything that I'm going to do, it's probably Debaser, even though like you could do Wave of Mutilation and come up with the same result on that. But, uh, you know, these are all just intro songs going over, uh, you know, a voiceover of me saying, follow the show on all the nerdy <laughs> social media things. Well, speaking of social media things, I think we've. Uh, uh, that's where yeah, we are. I think we're here at the at the end. I think we've pretty much all we have to say. It's a good song. It's a great song. We love it. Play it live when I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, people looking for live on four legs. Um, where are they going to find it? Uh, what what what's great? I don't I don't remember when I did this last, uh, but I don't remember if we've had uh, the website together. But I, uh, we've been really proud of what we've been able to do on the website and have it just be easy and accessible for everybody. Like having to tell people where to listen to a show and, and uh, you know there are people and you might be sitting there right now i don't know where you listen to your podcast person listening at home you can listen on apple you can listen on spotify and those are pretty normal places to listen to a podcast but there are some people that had no idea that still will reach out to me and be like i've never listened to a podcast before they're like Pearl Jam fans in their 50s that just have never listened to a podcast that probably still listen to music on CDs, you know, <laughs> and I'm not trying to say that to, you know, talk, speak, speak low of them. I, I'm saying that to be like that. That's where they are with their lives. Like some people just don't kind of grow with the next stage of technology for, you know, for for me, like in podcasts started to become a thing when I was in college and, and like I, I started to I don't think there were really like you know you couldn't download them off Apple or anything like that there were more kind of they, they grew into that so we with the website have tried to make it more accessible 
to everybody and tried to find a common ground place where we could say, okay, live on four legs.com is where you can get concertpedia stuff, where you can get the archive of all the podcast episodes and listen to them on the website. And then if you want to take it a step further, the people that are patrons of the show that are kind enough to, to donate to our cause, they are able to listen to all the Patreon content on the website instead of going to other means to find, because some of this stuff, uh, you know, we've been, we're on 150 episodes where, and, and I don't know when this is going to come out, but at the time it could be 160 episodes whenever this comes out, but 150 episodes. And there are people that still come to me and they said, Oh, you should do this. I'm like, dude, we did that like March of 2019. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, well, how do I find it? And you can't tell them dig through Apple to go find episode 30, but going on the website and going through the archive is a much easier, simpler approach to to all of that. So uh, we're very happy with what we've done. I know it took a lot to get me saying that, (laughs) but I I think that that sort of ties all that that the story in in there um but like the concertpedia stuff too it's all ongoing it's all stuff that we're that we're still doing and we're still looking for writers we're still you know uh we're still writing the stories we're still getting all the reviews and we're still looking for people that want to blog for us as well but um you know I, i like as much as it is a podcast now uh, Live on Four Legs has become sort of its own little institution within the Pearl Jam fan created uh, stuff. Uh, you know, it, it's I don't think anybody else has both a working website with blogs and and, um, you know, a, a massive uh, archive with it, along with a, a podcast that comes out weekly. And and we, we, we do that to try to keep up. And and I know that, look, there are people that are hardcore Pearl Jam fans and there are people that uh, want to check in whenever it, it, it makes sense to check in. And maybe you're not listening to Pearl Jam for a little bit and then you go back to it. It does happen. But for the people that for anybody, for, for the people that are hardcore and the people that want to keep dipping back in, it's always there. It's always there. And I, I think that's uh, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Live on four legs dot com is the short answer. If <laughs> and also the long one, apparently. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Randy. Always good having you. As always, thank you for having oh, of me. Of course, man. It's a it's a pleasure. And I feel like it had been a long time since since we had done it. And I feel like since I become a father, I, I haven't really done a lot of extracurricular stuff outside of whatever John and I are doing. Uh, maybe maybe a couple of little things with touring fan here and there, but but not much. And, uh, you know, th- thankfully, I've, I've, I was able to make some time out of my day to 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 come on and do this. And I'm always here to do shit with you, Brandon. Yeah. So I guess I guess since this is like a double album ish sort of thing, you, you, you want to come back for the uh, another song then, right? Let's do it. And that disc one song, I would gladly take the opener of <laughs> gladly. <laughs> oh, okay. I get we. Uh, well, you, you, you've already planned yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, we know. It's just, this is a bit. It's a. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll have you back on. I don't know when I'll put that episode out, but it won't be right after this. So <laughs> you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer, and, and that's uh, that's okay. Back and... that, that's okay because the 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 more I space this stuff out, then the uh you know the the more stuff I'll have to do. I suppose I don't know, but 
Yeah, we'll have more catching up to do. Exactly. We'll have, we'll have all the uh, all the Ohana shows done, and mm-hmm. and and who knows about what the if anything will be announced yet for 2022. We'll see, and I hope you. I hope yes. you. Which which is when it'll come out, right? So and I hope you uh, you get to some of that stuff, and and we get to the same stomping grounds uh, because the, it, it what what's nice about the all everything Ohana to see here now is that like a lot of the people that I've met through doing the podcast have all either you know met with me or they've all met together i think that's the crazy part yeah is that people are all meeting together now and i'm just like wow i I just did this because i like pearl jam but like if i come out of this with anything that i'm proud of you know talking about the pearl jam history and yada 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 no like it's it's that i was able to bond other people uh through kind of through what i was doing but really through pearl jam and kind of bringing that uh interest and obsession out of people that you know shared the same uh the same love for the band so uh yeah i was i'm just really proud to say it and hope hope to get to see you at some point yes likewise see see lots of people see other people see see well just plain see other people i mean (laughs) we we need to see other people (laughs) we need to see other podcasts i mean just you know people in the world (laughs) human beings be be uh be around humanity for once Better Band Podcast was produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email ListenUpReno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from BetterBandPod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BetterBandPod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you would like to support this podcast, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P or patreon.com slash Brandon P. You can also just give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, but don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Randy, and as always, this is Brandon saying, Oh yes, oh yes, Capital City's naked as ladies. They're not even wearing a smile, non-suggestively. Yes, six, count them, six gorgeous ladies just dying for your leers and catcalls. Yowza, yowza.